Our scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 2. We'll be reading verses 16 to 24 and then 39 and 40. Follow along as we read. So they hurried off, they being the shepherds. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, Christmas came. It went. What's next? Not really. That is not what I believe. But I keep hearing that kind of stuff. Now, according to the church calendar, today is the first Sunday of Christmas. And there are several days left in the season of Christmas. So, no, Christmas has not come and gone and what's next. It's still Christmas and we still have plenty to celebrate. But it sure can seem like it just gets here and then it's gone. A couple years ago, I was scrolling through Facebook posts the day after Christmas. Just out of curiosity, I was thinking about this first Sunday in Christmas and I was purposely looking for posts related to Christmas. Well, pretty quickly, I found this one. It says, and just like that, Christmas is over. I hope all your wishes, your Christmas wishes came true. It was posted 12.30 a.m. December 26th. Really? Christmas ends at the last moment of December 25th? Just like it, Christmas was over. Just like that. Surely we, the people of God, can have a more significant view of Christmas than that. But it's kind of the world we live in. Just this morning, I heard a reporter on the news say, well, it's been good, but tomorrow we're back to normal. And I'm thinking, why? Why do we have to respond to Christmas where we've celebrated the birth of Christ? Why do we have to respond by going back 
to normal, whatever that might be. I mean, we haven't been normal for a year and a half. Why tomorrow? What's your post-Christmas response? Continued celebration and thankfulness? So, what should it be? What should our post-Christmas response be? And I, and I wonder, as we look through the scriptures, what do we see as the post-Christmas response of the people who are actually there? We're told some of those stories in, in the last part of Luke chapter 2. One story involved the old man named Simeon, a godly elderly man who had been told he would not die until he saw the Messiah and he did and then there was Anna the prophetess who talked about and celebrated the redemption of Israel and connected that with the birth of this child she was looking at with her own eyes Then we're told about the post-Christmas response of the earthly parents of Jesus. How did they respond after Christmas was finally over? Among all the details they had to deal with, I think we can sum up their response in one word. Obedience. Obedience. Joseph and Mary chose obedience. Following their first Christmas, the first Christmas, they chose intentional obedience to God according to all they knew from the law of Moses. They were purposeful in taking steps to obey, which I find pretty impressive following the birth of a baby. If you've ever spent much time around a newborn, whether it was yours or friends or relatives. If you've ever spent much time around a newborn, you know doing anything intentional can be a challenge other than caring for the baby. You're awake when they want to be awake. You feed them when they want to eat. You hold them when they want to be held. Your life can easily revolve around that newborn for several weeks or months before you begin to find a new normal with a baby around. I'm sure Joseph and Mary went through similar things. Yet Joseph and Mary chose obedience. Not the kind of obedience that we do something when we have to because somebody else or everybody else is doing it. It's not the kind of obedience that, that we see when we're driving down the road toward an intersection and the light turns yellow. And all within a split second, we have these thoughts. I can make it. I know I can make it. I can get through that light. Oh, shoot, that car right up there has already hit their brakes. They're going to stop. I guess I have to. Not that kind of obedience. I'm not talking about that. It was not 
that we better obey because everybody else around us is kind of obedience that Joseph and Mary practiced. They obeyed God in the best ways they knew how in following the law they had. They chose to have their son circumcised after the eighth day according to the law. They chose to come back after 40 days for both the purification of the woman who had just given birth and to consecrate the firstborn male in their family to the Lord. They made an offering of two doves or pigeons as prescribed by the law. Again, obedience. They offered an offering that was possible for those who couldn't afford a more impressive offering. It may not have been easy. I'm sure it wasn't convenient for them, but this new mother and father chose obedience, intentional, purposeful obedience as their response to the birth of Jesus. Yes, they were supposed to obey the law, but they chose it. After eight days, Jesus had been circumcised and named in accordance with Jewish law. They obeyed. Then the presentation in Jerusalem is motivated by specific requirements of the law. According to Leviticus 12, after a woman gives birth to a son, she's impure for 40 days. At the end of that period, she is to bring an offering to the temple, which the priest offers as sacrifice, affecting her purification. Also at that time, the parents of Jesus, or parents in general at this point, but specifically them, parents are again performing their duty as faithful Jews by returning to the temple in order to offer a sacrifice and to consecrate their child to the Lord. These ancestral traditions, these directives from the, the law of Moses, are a reminder to them that Jesus is born in the context of a covenant relationship with God and the people of God. And the covenant was now in the process of being enriched and strengthened by the one being dedicated to the Lord that day. Yes, they were supposed to do it. But they also purposely chose to be obedient. Choosing to follow what God had directed them to do. Making the choice to be, to remain faithful followers of God's law. Which was probably not all that easy for a new mother and father. But they obeyed what they understood to be God's call on their lives. They did what they knew God had called them to do. They lived the way God had called them to live. Jesus was born, and his earthly parents chose obedience to God as their way to respond to his birth. So what about us? How do we respond to the birth of God incarnate, God in the flesh, who we celebrate as Jesus, the Christ of Christmas? What's our response to the birth of Christ at Christmas? In a Charlie Brown Christmas, that show you've probably all seen at some time or another, 
Charlie Brown is having trouble getting into the Christmas spirit. Linus says to him, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. You ever feel like that might be you for a minute or two or a day or two? Sometimes we can feel like Charlie Brown. We can take what should be a time of joy and celebration, reducing it to a season of work, getting all the decorations right, buying all the right presents, maybe returning a few even before Christmas, and then undoing a part of all of that when we undecorate so that things can get back to normal. Can you imagine if we did that with other things in our lives the way we do with Christmas? Like, for example, what if we did weddings the way we do Christmas? We spend all the time and money leading up to the wedding. Someone says yes to the dress. Plans, all the details for the rehearsal dinner and the ceremony and the reception are made. The day comes. It all happens just as planned. And it's a wonderful day. And it ends with the bride and groom saying, I'm glad that wedding thing's over. Now we can get back to normal. Wouldn't that be weird? I mean, what kind of life would that be to get back to, to spend all the time and money and energy and say, man, I'm glad that's over. Let's get back to the way things were. But isn't that what we kind of do with Christmas? It might be that way for us sometimes when we work hard to get through Christmas and then give thanks that it's all over so we can get back to normal life. But understand, folks, there's nothing normal about God's gift of Christ at Christmas. Nothing normal about it. Nothing normal about the life we're offered through that gift. So why these thoughts of, it'll be so good to get back to normal? It's easy to get so overwhelmed by all the stuff of Christmas that we fail to even think about our response to the Christ of Christmas. We get so focused on ourselves that we forget what and who we really have to celebrate. We misfocus on us and everything we've got to get done. We get distracted from the real reason for the celebration and who it is about. And we forget the example of obedience given to us by the earthly parents of Jesus. Sometimes we need reminders. Like the one from the little boy who, after unwrapping all his presents at Christmas, was asked, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? He said, well... Not really, but it's not my birthday. Have we forgotten whose birthday this really is that we celebrate? Have we forgotten who ought to be the object and receiver of the gifts that we can give? Including 
and especially the gift of our heart offered to the Christ of Christmas. Christmas came, so what's next for followers of Jesus Christ? I don't think we need to be in a hurry to get back to whatever is normal. It is not normal to worship the newborn king, to celebrate his coming into our lives, to experience presence in heart and soul, to be touched by the living God, and then think, I'm ready to get back to normal. We ought to never be the same again. This is a miraculous event we're talking about. The fact is, God calls us to be different because of that event. In fact, God calls us to be set apart from the world. To become holy like Him. To be sanctified. Made more perfectly like Christ every day by the gift and grace of God that we experience in the birth and life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His birth into the world and into our lives is what we celebrate again today, this first Sunday of Christmas. So what did you get Jesus for his birthday? Remember, it's not our birthday. What did you get Jesus for his birthday? Talk about a tough decision how do you shop for somebody who literally owns everything, has everything? What do we get Jesus for his birthday? Based on the example of his parents, it seems like the best Christmas gift for Jesus is obedience. Our obedience. I know obedience is not always easy. It's not always convenient. It's not always comfortable. But in the example of the earthly parents of Jesus, we're shown how important obedience is. They chose that out of their love for their newborn child. Shouldn't we choose obedience this Christmas season for the same reason? Out of love for the Christ of Christmas? Not because we're supposed to, but obedience that comes from love for the one whose birth we celebrate. I'm not talking about something like making a New Year's resolution because that's what people do as the end of the year comes. I'm talking about a renewed and ongoing commitment to follow the Christ of Christmas well beyond the season of Christmas. We're called to follow in obedience in a way similar to what Joseph and Mary did. In making that choice, they found that life in the Lord goes far beyond a mere celebration of his birth at Christmas. They learned that there was a life of love, hope, peace, and joy, and blessing after blessing that comes from being found in and with Jesus. Can't we continue to be beyond 
normal and choose to do the same ourselves this Christmas? Choosing a life of joyful obedience to the one who gave us the greatest Christmas gift of all. God in the flesh. The babe of Bethlehem. Let's give ourselves as the gift that we most have to offer. Gift of heart, soul, life. In celebration of his birthday this year and all the years to come. There is no better gift to give to him. After all, it's his birthday we're celebrating. Let's pray. Lord, you are the ultimate giver. The giver of sacrificial love. The giver of life and life eternal. Help us to imitate your giving, your loving, By living in obedience to you, the one who gives and makes this life possible. Again today, we surrender our lives to you as a gift to honor, to celebrate the Christ of Christmas. We do that freely of our own will as another step in obedience today. Thanks that you make that possible. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.